Welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. Today we are featuring our grass-fed collagen. Collagen, we put it in our coffee every morning. Yep. You can add it. Collagen is a protein. I don't know if everybody knows that. Yes. Here's a fun fact. Did fun you fact. know that over 50% of the dry weight of your bone is actually collagen? It's protein. So we think of bone as being made of like the minerals. Yeah, calcium. calcium. Specifically. But it's actually over 50% is protein. So your protein that. intake is super important for your bone health as well. I feel like we tend to think of collagen as like wrinkles, tendons and skin and yeah. hair, nails and all that kind of stuff. But it's actually a huge, big part of your bone health too. So Don't become make a, bone. A, a bomb-proof <laughs> skeleton type of person. <laughs> you need a lot of collagen to be bomb-proof. <clears throat> yeah, okay. It depends on the kind of bomb, I guess. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about individualizing in a group training program. Right. In a previous episode... When we were talking about nickels over $100 bills, controversial opinion, we said we don't think individualized programming is that valuable. Right. Because it's missing out on the benefits you get of training in a group. Yeah. This this is for the average person. Yeah, for sure. Super high level athletes. Totally totally different. Not what we're talking about. Yeah. Normal people that just want to be fit. Yeah. We didn't think there's a lot of value in doing individualized programming because you're missing out on having a strong community, the energy you get from training with other people, the sense of social belonging, the psychological benefits of all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But how are we going to keep all those advantages of training in a group and still accomplish our individual goals and attack our weaknesses and, you know, scale and modify appropriately. So we're going to talk about the individualizing in a group program. Yeah. So let's start out by, I guess, separating what is scaling versus modifying. Yeah. Two main categories. So it's kind of nitpicky yeah. to say that those two things are different. Mm-hmm. What is scaling? Like scaling is probably the most common thing that happens in <clears throat> a gym because like for us anyways, we program for what our highest athletes are capable of doing and then we scale it down to each person's specific abilities. So in any one given class, anywhere from 30 to 90% of people are probably going to scale in one way or another. So scaling is taking the workout and probably reducing it down to a point where you're able to safely and effectively do it. So scaling is something you do to make the workout relative to your fitness level. Right. To get the intended stimulus of the workout. Right. We give our coaches detailed coaches notes. The athletes actually see quite a bit in Beyond the Whiteboard as well about like, what's the intended stimulus? How many reps should you be able to do in a row how heavy should it feel? How fast should you go? What's how like what's the intended time frame of you finishing this workout? All that kind of stuff. Right. So scaling is how you accomplish the intended stimulus of the workout. Right. And then modifying, what's modifying? Modifying would be more changing up a movement or adjusting something to allow you to do it safely, right? Maybe you have an injury that you need to work around so you can't safely do a push-up, so you do something else instead. Or if you're limited mobility and you can't do an overhead squat, squat snatches aren't going to be safe for you. So maybe you do a squat clean instead. So modifying is changing the programming slightly to allow you to perform. And it's almost always like working around an injury or maybe like a a very, an an extreme, yeah, a physical limitation. That's a good way to put it. So scaling is something that like most everybody will be doing most days or at least some days. Yeah. But then modifying is something that only a specific person dealing with a specific issue is going to do. So say uh, it's double unders and this person has an Achilles tendon issue, they're going to do ski erg. Right. 
it does not mean that everyone that can't do double unders is scaling to ski erg. It means that person is modifying the workout right. to um, accommodate or work around their particular limitation. In the open, the scale of a double under is singles, right? Yeah. You're still skipping. It's just one rotation instead of two. But if somebody has an Achilles issue... And can't jump. Can't jump. You can't skip. Yeah. So you need to change it up. Yeah. And this is a bit of a tangent, side note. <laughs> when you see someone modifying a workout, like say it's box jumps and they're doing step-ups, that doesn't mean that step-ups is an option right. for everybody. Sometimes we call that contagious modifying. <laughs> We're like, oh shit, that person's doing step-ups. I'm going to do step-ups. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. That person doesn't want to do step-ups. They have to, mm-hmm. to make a safe decision to work around a particular issue that it's different than it being the scaled option for everybody. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind that when you are in the group setting, just because you see someone doing something different, that 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 they're probably just making an individual choice for them. So right. that's part of that individualizing in the group program. Right. If you can jump and you just don't want to because <laughs> it's harder, that's different, right? That's right. different. The goal of the injured person is to get back to that full capability. They want to be able to jump again eventually in the future. So right. that's modifying sort of temporary, hopefully, working around injuries or whatever. Right. So the main individualization that's going to happen in any class is some version of scaling or modifying to either accommodate an injury or just be able to finish the workout and get the right stimulus. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. So then we might have a situation where we've got this group program, right? We've talked in previous episodes, you do all the programming for the gym. So Mm -hmm. this is the workout of the day that everybody is doing, but there's going to be different either variations, scaling or modifying, Mm -hmm. but even just in the way that we like mentally attack the workout can be individualized. Right. So if you have like a particular weakness or something you really want to deal with, say for like a three or six months period, and you're like, I'll use myself as an example. I'm not fast at running. <clears throat> so I'm like, man, I want to get better at running this summer. So we take a workout like Helen. Mm-hmm. Favorite benchmark of lots of people. Classic. Three rounds per time. 400 meter run. 21 kettlebell swings. And 12 chin over bar pull-ups. I can do the kettlebell swings and the pull-ups unbroken. To do that, I usually dog the run, (laughs) but then surprise, surprise, I don't get any better at running. Right. So what I should do in that workout is sprint my little buns off on the run, get better at running, attack that weakness, even if it means when I come back in, I have to like break up the kettlebell swings or the pull-ups or something. So same workout, same weights. I didn't scale or modify anything. I just changed how I approached it to work on my particular weakness. So basically you're attacking a weakness within that workout Mm -hmm. and it might come at a cost where maybe you're not as fast overall, but you're going to get better. So the next time, hopefully you can be faster overall. It's an investment of effort, like over a period of time. And actually uh, we call that gaming versus training, right? which if it was like the open or it's a competition and I'm gaming the workout to get my best time, then yeah, I'm going to play to my strengths. I'm going to downplay my weaknesses So I'm going to, you know, dog the run, go fast on the things I'm already good at. It would get me the fastest time. Right. If I had to win that individual day. But overall, it's not helping my overall fitness. Right. So then training day to day, I should do it the other way around. Mm -hmm. Sprint the run, maybe get myself into a hole on the other things, which is fine because I'm already good at those other things. Yeah. Even if it means overall, it's not my best time. Right. It's not my potentially fastest time, but 
overall, if I did that for three or five or six months, I would end up in the end being a, a fitter person, a better runner. And that's a tough thing to mentally wrap your head yeah. around, right? Everybody likes to like win the day and feel like they like crushed the workout and that's great. And you can do mm-hmm. that once in a while, but you also have to work on your weaknesses and you have to kind of sacrifice the like ego a little bit and, and be like, this is my long-term improvement we're, we're working on here. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, that kind of ties in nicely to something we call the PWOD, personal yep. win of the day, Yep. where it doesn't always have to be the total time of the workout. So if we keep using Helen as the example, instead of me being like, oh, I'm going to try to do like a sub 10 minute Helen, mm-hmm. I'm going to not worry about the total time, but I'm going to go, I did every one of those 400 meter runs under two minutes or under right. 90 seconds or whatever is my goal. And that's going to be my win of the day. Right. And then I'm going to leave the gym being like, nailed it, <laughs> you know, with yep. like, within the workout, there's still the opportunity for those little wins, even if your total time is slower than before or slower than you could have done it. And then another athlete that is maybe the opposite, like already a fast runner, but not very good at say pull-ups or they're just working on getting off the band or they're trying to link multiple reps. They might go, I'm going to ease up on the run Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make myself a little bit more fresh and I'm going to fight through all these pull-ups without a band, or I'm going to try to hang on the bar and do them unbroken every time or, you know, and then your PWOD would be, did all three sets of 12 unbroken? Yeah. Even if you had to rest for like 30 seconds before you did it. Yeah. And in saying that, there's different workouts that are going to be more appropriate and less for doing these types of things. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before that I always say that the best workouts to really like push an area where you're going to kind of be beyond your limits or whatever is an AMRAP where you have just a set amount of time. So no matter what, you're done at 20 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. And that way it's not that you're still trying to get through halfway when everybody else is done. AMRAPs are great for pushing the limits. If we're doing a big, long grinding workout, that doesn't mean that you can't push those uh, weaknesses, but you might just have to reduce total volume or change something else to make up time so that you're, again, you're not just taking twice as long as it's supposed to. <laughs> just there forever. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so much time. Uh, we're going to go home at yeah. some point. So you're you shutting can't, her down. <laughs> can't take forever. Just clean up when you're done. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the lights off. We have in the past had, uh, you know, long-term CrossFitters that pick a particular event or goal or test or something that they have coming up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some of our first responders might have a, a physical fitness test at their job right. or a few people are like, I'm going to run a Spartan race this summer or, you know, situations like that. Maybe some of our firefighters are going to take part in like fire fit or things beer like mile. that. Yeah. <laughs> <You're running laughs> I got to train for this upcoming beer mile. <laughs> I think that's every Friday after the noon class yeah. actually is uh, training for the beer mile. Just the beer part Just of the, the beer, beer mile. Yeah. We'll start with the beer. We'll, work. <laughs> we'll worry about running later. So say you were going to do a Spartan race. Yep. There's, you know, a lot of rope climbs in a Spartan race. Maybe you decide for the couple months leading up to it, every time there's pull-ups or once in a while when there's pull-ups in a workout, you're going to do rope climbs. Right. Or maybe instead of pull-ups, you're going to work on some kind of like monkey bar skills or mm. different things that similar, you know, it's like pulling strength, but tilted a little bit more towards yeah. that particular event. Maybe you're going to do something that's involving like sandbag cleans or carries in a, like a physical fitness test, a military or police kind of thing. Maybe we're doing barbell cleans and you're going to make that sandbag cleans, mm-hmm. right? There's no reason that you can't yeah. do some, you know, little modifying or specializing, maybe we'll call that, yeah. leading up to a certain event. And I think the beauty of CrossFit is that the general 
approach we take to our movements is that you're going to benefit. You're like your rope climbs, are, your rope climbs are going to get stronger by doing pull-ups, right? It's going to help with your with your pulling strength. Mm-hmm. But so it's not that you should never do pull-ups. It's just that you're welcome to like switch it up a little bit and maybe do rope climbs more often than we normally would, just because you know you have a, an event coming up. Mm-hmm. Or let's say. It's, uh, you know, you have to do some kind of fitness test and in that fitness test, there's strict pull-ups and you mostly only ever do kipping pull-ups. That doesn't mean that you can't like we're doing Cindy or whatever, like sure, like do strict pull-ups, but if five at a time is going to be really slow for you, maybe you just do two or three strict pull-ups every round instead of the full five kipping and you're still able to get that same level of intensity and still work on your push-ups and your squats and all that as well. Mm-hmm. There's lots of ways you can modify things or specialize things to adjust to your upcoming needs. Yeah. And then that kind of ties in nicely to something else that we were thinking about, which is that scaling doesn't always mean scaling down. Right. For, you know, at rare occasions, some athletes can scale up to make something more difficult. If you're particularly good and strong at something, right. you might scale up, mm-hmm. which is, we don't think about that as often, but there are, opportunities like maybe it's handstand push-ups and we have a handful of athletes in the gym that can do strict handstand push-ups yeah. and they can keep the same speed and intensity but they can make it strict instead of kipping awesome yeah often for like we do a lot of our programming based around percentages of one rep max and i've never been the strongest athlete so for me if we're doing a 225 deadlift that's a much higher percentage of my one rep max than a guy like scott or somebody that can deadlift 500 pounds so for our recommended percentage, if we're recommending about 50%, for me, it's probably going to be 60 or 65, but sometimes I need to just do it anyways and tough it out and be a little bit slower or make up some time on another movement that I'm good at just so that I can push the limits a little bit on that deadlift. Obviously, safety is priority number one, and I, I'm not going to do enough volume that I'm going to wreck myself, but I need to kind of like push those limits a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, scaling up, uh, let's say we're doing a workout and I'll use Scott again, who deadlifted 500 pounds recently. You know, if we're doing a 225 and he could slam it and it's nothing for him. Less than half. Less than half. Maybe he bumps it up to 275, right? Yeah. It's not that he's going to do that every time. He still needs to get his practice in on those like higher volume, faster paced deadlifts. But once in a while, it's it's great to scale up and, Mm -hmm. and push yourself. Yeah, so I, I mean, I guess the parameters there would be as long as you can do it safely, mm-hmm. obviously, and then that you're not going to lose too much of the intensity. For sure. <laughs> there is something in the CrossFit coach world <laughs> that we call weight vest syndrome. <laughs> and I'm going to attribute this to uh, our old buddy, Mike Workington. He was a, a writer for the CrossFit Journal uh, for years and years. Very talented writer. Very hilarious. Yeah. I always really enjoy his content. Great dude. And he wrote this great piece about the the type of person. And I will say, I don't think this exists at Brio. I would like to say that with a point of pride, but it, it exists in the world of CrossFit yeah. of that guy that will be like, always throws a weight vest on for every <laughs> workout. And then when he's slower than everybody else, his ego has this like, oh yeah, well, but I, I did it with a weight vest, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's like that we were rowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This like excuse for going slower because you made it harder yeah. when like, we talked about before you mm-hmm. don't need a harder workout you need to try harder on yeah. the workout so that you need to be able to maintain the same level of intensity if you're gonna if you're gonna do one of those like beast mode kind of options you yeah. need to have that be like such an area of strength for you that you can 
keep up at the intended stimulus pace, even sure. with the, the scaled up option, that it's not just an excuse to go slower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's plenty of opportunities for that type of thing out there, right? Like we have some guys that are super good at pull-ups, you know? So if we're yeah. doing Helen, back to Helen, 12 pull-ups at a time, like not a big deal, right? Yeah. So somebody that can bang out sets of 30 on the pull-ups, maybe they need to do chest-to-bar yeah. uh, instead of regular pull-ups or even bar muscle-ups, right? If you yeah. can go, still go unbroken and do chest-to-bar or bar muscle-ups, then great, like up the ante and make it challenging for your level. Yeah. So then talking about intensity, yeah, we've touched on selective application of intensity. Right. In previous episodes, we talked about like, I post the whole week of workouts on our blog every Sunday. So you can see all that's coming up. So that part's done for you. Mm -hmm. One of the nice parts of CrossFit is you can just step through the door and you don't have to think about what you're going to do that day. What's your workout going to be like sort of regular gym stuff. You walk in and it's totally up to you what weights you're going to touch or how many reps or what movements. CrossFit's all that's done for you. But you still do, as the athlete, have to bear some responsibility for putting some thought into it. Right. So you should always look at the workout and have a little like goal in mind or and in, set your intention for right. the day. <laughs> that sounds like a yoga practitioner. What's your intention for this practice today? But it's kind of true. Yeah. So just like I said, if I'm like, okay, I'm here to get better at my running. My goal is I'm going to run each of these 400s under two minutes. That's my like intention right. for this workout today. And sometimes that intention is just, I had a shitty day yeah. and I need to feel good and I'm going to treat myself today and I'm just going to like smash on this thing. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to like coast and just feel good afterwards and that's totally fine totally fine yeah so when you look at the whole week's worth of workouts you should pick some different goals mm -hmm. can't always go heavy and slow right. you can't always go light and fast right the only situation where those are ever the wrong answer is if it's always the one you pick mm -hmm. so you look at the week and you're like okay i'm gonna challenge myself to something heavy on this day i'm gonna go full send super uncomfortable dry heaving tasting old pennies in my mouth on this day or this day yeah how many days a week do you think you should go full send what's your like i think it's age dependent mm. you know i think that a young you know guy can probably a young guy or girl can probably do it more often than an older person but i would say on average you can really push it maybe like two to four times a week tops. yeah so if we're talking Normal people. Normal people. <laughs> As we have been. Not elite athletes. Yeah. Let's say minimum two. Yeah. You got to pick two days a week where you're going to get real uncomfortable. Yeah. Real high intensity. And then the CrossFit's charter of safety is mechanics, mm -hmm. consistently, consistency, and then intensity. Right. So we have to be selective in which days or which movements we apply that maximum intensity. Mm -hmm. It has to be movements where you have good mechanics consistently. So if you're looking at the week and you're like, oh, this workout is squat snatches and ring muscle ups, but you're not very competent in those movements, obviously that's not going to be your full send day. That's not going to be your maximum speed intensity day. Right. But if the workout's like, you know, echo bike sprints and burpees and you're like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to mm -hmm. like crash myself. I'm going to meet Jesus. Gonna see <laughs> Shout out to Coach Pat. Are you ready to see Jesus? <laughs> yep. Um, so you can do some little mental planning about yep. which days are right for you to uh, apply intensity. 
pick a day, at least one day where mm-hmm. you're going to really push some weight. Yeah. Some, something heavy. Maybe it's squats, maybe it's deadlifts, maybe it's presses, whatever. You're going to push the like strength yeah. difficulty. And then whatever other days you manage to fit in with your schedule in the week. Something where it's like more skill-based practice. So back to that example, um, if it was something with like ring muscle-ups and squat snatches, your intention for that day is I'm here to practice and get better at these movements. Yeah. Probably not going to go super heavy, probably not going to go super fast, but you're going to really try to internalize the skill right. of it and then save the the heaviness or the the speed for other movements or situations where that's more appropriate. Right. And then I think that ties back to like the PWOD, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're like, oh, I didn't RX that workout or, oh, I was kind of slow. I had a slow time on the board or whatever. Yeah. Then you don't have to beat yourself up about that. Yeah. Because you're like, I did the thing I set out to do. I, I got what I came for. Yeah. And there's lots of things you can do. You can just treat yourself. Feel. I, I just need to feel good today. Mm-hmm. This can be, uh, I'm just going to hit it as hard as I can and see how fast I can go. This can be, uh, I'm going to work on this skill and try to improve my long-term gains. There's lots of different ways to, you know, address mm-hmm. the week. And I think um, you kind of mentioned something in there that's an important point that like we in general in CrossFit talk so much about like attack your weaknesses that you don't, you don't have to neglect your strengths no. too. You can have a day in the week where you're like, oh, I love the look of that workout. Mm-hmm. And it's all full of things I like and it's all things I'm good at. And I am going to treat myself and, you know, do all of my skills that I love. And I'm just going to enjoy this one mm-hmm. and just be good at it and, and enjoy that. I, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it doesn't constantly have to be just working on your weaknesses too. Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. We don't want to train the weaknesses to the point where your current strengths become a weakness. Because you neglected them. Because you completely <laughs> ignored them. We don't want to hate training because you know every day is just a suck fest and you feel like defeated after every workout. Like we want to enjoy the process. We want to like think long term, but then like enjoy it as we as we go. Mm-hmm. And then we touched on the uh, the BTN workout, the better than nothing. Yeah. It is totally fine as a normal human being with stresses and lots of things consuming your time and your mental energy to come in and be like, my PWOD is that I walked through the door today <laughs> and I don't care yeah. what happens from this point. I'm just glad I'm here. Yeah. And you can cut like forgive yourself or give yourself the freedom to just like some of those days are more for your mental health than anything else. They're yeah. like, this is a just move day or this is just an active recovery day. And you like yeah. take that pressure off yourself that not every day has to be a full send right. seeing Jesus. <laughs> kind of time. Yeah. Sometimes the PWOD is I made it. Yeah. I made it to the gym today. Made it. Yeah, yeah. That's good. All right. In summary, individualizing in a group, the most common thing, scaling, scaling, that's going to happen. Like, especially for new people, you're going to scale most things to start. And then yeah. the better you get, the less things you scale, but there's always going to be, I've been doing this for, 14 years and I still scale stuff once in a while. Yeah, totally. So the, the scaling never ends. It maybe just becomes a little bit less yeah. frequent. Yeah. When needed, we modify. Yeah. We try not to let modifying become contagious. Yeah. Modifying is very individualized for a person's physical limitations. Right. We can attack any workout with a, an individualized goal in mind. Yeah. 
of what you're trying to get out of it, what you're trying to get better at from doing this thing. Yep. And it could be two athletes doing the same workout side by side. So there's no scaling or modifying happening. They're doing the exact same thing. Might be individualizing by attacking the workout right. in a different way. You're going to work on your runs. I'm going to work on my whatever thrusters. Yeah, totally. We could, and we have done some substitutions in a workout to accommodate specific goals or events yep. coming up. Sometimes that stuff's fun. Scaling so, up to somebody's heightened abilities. Yep. Um, beast mode, we'll sometimes call that. <laughs> yeah, beast mode option. Then taking a look at the week and having kind of an overall plan where it's not just like one day by itself, but you're like, well, today I'm going to go a little lighter and faster because yesterday I went really heavy and slow. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have your plan for like which workouts you're going to try to get in during the week. If you have the flexibility in your schedule to, to pick which days you come, some people don't have that flexibility, I understand. But if you did, I would try to pick one day of something you hate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> one day where you look at it and you're like, ugh. Yep. Show up for that day, do your time. And then give yourself a treat yourself day where totally. you're like, oh, I love the look of that workout. Gonna enjoy the heck out of that. And then like kind of a skill practice day, a full send day, yep. you know, try to pick one weakness one treat. Yep. <laughs> and then pick your P-Wads. Yep. Pick your wins for the day. What's the goal? And then celebrate, you know, celebrate your successes. Yeah. In whatever was the intended goal or stimulus for that day. It's not always just about the time on the board. Mm -hmm. It's like, what did you do to get better? You know, what improvements did you make? Yeah. There's plenty of other things happening, adaptations, benefits from outside of just the time on the board. Yeah. The time is important. For sure. We still write things on the board. We do. We're like kind of old school like that. Yeah. Okay? I visit a lot of CrossFit gyms now. A lot of them don't have whiteboards anymore. Yeah. Which I think is, that makes me a little bit sad. There's a lot of digital ones now. True. But then it's hard to, to kind of see yeah. who's been there and, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I like, I like old school. It's because we've been around for since, you know. The, the hippie days, back when the, the CrossFit days. Games was just about drinking beer and yeah, doing some sponsored by together. Panda Express <laughs> <laughs> in a guy's backyard. Yeah. Okay, cool. So individualize in a group setting. So then we get the advantages of training in a group. Yep. But we still get to attack our individual goals and you know make safe and good choices for our um, individual bodies. Right. Cool. Cool. All right. See you in the next one. <laughs>